Hey Chilies, I hope you're having an awesome week. I have a really fun guest for you. Someone else who grew up in a haunted house but had a much different experience than I did. Her name is Jessica Rao and I hope you enjoy it. You're listening to Real Chills with Meg Getz. Real scary, real silly, real stories. Hey everybody, welcome to Real Chills. I'm super excited for our guest today. We have Jessica Rao. Jessica, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? So excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. I'm so good. I cannot wait to get into your stories. But before we do that, we always ask our guests the same question. And that is, when it comes to the paranormal, where do you stand? Are you more of a true believer or a skeptic? I am absolutely a believer in ghosts. Um, I was also taught from a young age to have a healthy amount of skepticism. So like, sure. I grew up in a very haunted house with a lot of activity. And whenever I experienced anything paranormal as a little girl, I would run to my parents just as any kid would, but they never believed me. So like being, I was wondering, yeah. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> I think that added to like the stress and my fear growing up is mm-hmm. that like, I was experiencing a lot of activity. And then if I ran to my parents, they would say, no, you didn't go back to your bedroom Mm. or whatever, wherever I was. So like, I wanted to be seen as credible. And so like, I learned from a young age to try to think about what was happening to me in that moment. And to try and think about like, if anything else could be causing these experiences before outright calling it paranormal. So like, I feel like for me, I was always a believer, but I wanted to be seen as credible with my experiences. So I always try and think, all right, is, is anything else a possibility before I just start calling it paranormal? I think that makes perfect sense. Did your parents ever come around or were they yes, like, no? Eventually. So I'm okay. the youngest of four siblings. And oh, I, we're very similar. <laughs> well, oh, I'm the oldest of four, but four siblings. Old, okay. So you have yeah. three other siblings. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so did all of your siblings have very similar stories about shared experiences? Yeah. So we talk about it. I actually, I had my little brothers and the, one, their one girlfriend on an episode. It was really fun to tell their experiences. We all have different, but like creepy things that have happened to us. The only one who I know has experienced stuff, but absolutely refutes it is my twin sister. She will not admit to anything. So, but yeah, they've all had experiences. Yeah. I think, well, so my, my siblings are seven to 13 years older than me. And so they go back and forth. They all have Mm. had experiences, but sometimes they'll say ghosts aren't real. And then when Mm -hmm. we're sitting around like a campfire or something, then they'll come out with the most horrifying experience. And then I'm like, <laughs> I get why you don't want to think about it or acknowledge it because it's scary. And like, once I got older, they did start talking to me and opening up, but that was when I was in high school. And so mm. like the four of us sat around a fire in our backyard one time, finally. And I was so happy that they like acknowledged it. But then we all scared each other so bad that the four of us ended up sleeping in the same bedroom. Oh, we were all so scared. So cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Now I'm so excited. Why don't we get into your stories? Okay. Yeah. I spent a lot of time by myself growing up. And like, so just to explain my perspective, like, I was a baby of the family when I started experiencing these things. They didn't really believe me. So I kind of like just started experiencing these things to myself and keeping it to myself. But the one thing that I, the first thing I remember as a young age was hearing footsteps in my bedroom. And that was a constant thing. So my sister and I actually shared a bed in our bedroom. And at night I could hear footsteps starting from her side of the bed going around to my side of the bed but with like auditory experiences it's so much easier to ignore and suppress and the first thing that that made me feel like okay this is an actual 
real thing that's happening was starting out with footsteps going around and whenever whenever I would hear that I would just lay still and listen to it and just like hope I could fall asleep Mm -hmm. and so as the footsteps got around from my sister's side to my side I heard them stop and stand next to me and it was silent and next to me was my dresser and at the time this was I was probably around six or seven I had this jewelry bead boxing uh jewelry like bead making kit I guess it was a box of beads and it was on my dresser (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it was like pushed to the back I remember that because I heard it being pushed to the front of my dresser and fall to the ground and it was this loud explosion and so I turned on the light really quickly saw that it was the beads and just that was my first moment of knowing okay that was like a physical thing that happened yeah so I started there wow how old was your sister so my sister is seven years older than me so if I if I was six she was probably around like like starting her teenage years Okay. Did she wake up too? Did she hear it? Like, did you confirm the sounds? I did not have those experiences with her. Like, okay. we didn't talk about it until okay. we were much older. I don't mm. think we talked about it until I was in high school. Whenever I would ask her about it, she would say ghosts aren't real. But mm. what I didn't realize is I thought she was always asleep. And what I later found out as we were both laying in bed wide awake, just so still listening to the same thing. But yeah, we just didn't have that relationship until older, until we were older and able to talk about it. That's amazing. I think they just don't want to scare me. Yeah. Well, you were the youngest. So I understand like being protective. Like I feel like with my little brothers, no, I was a jerk. I tried to scare them all the time. I don't know why we're like this, but like our family, we tease each other so much that yeah, we would, we would scare each other a lot. So it's nice. You had nice siblings that weren't mean to each other, I guess. (laughs) Oh, well, no, they still did. I mean, if I had to grab something from the basement, they, one of them would turn out the lights and shut the door. I think it's just like the burden of the older sibling. You have to scare the younger ones. (laughs) It's just so fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Scaring the little ones. And then they get big and they beat you up. Like my brothers, I remember when I realized they were stronger than me, I was like, darn it. I can't be mean to them anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Once I get older, it's, I don't know. Once I became a college student that was when I really started becoming friends with my older siblings and I think also they're so much older than me so it was just hard for them to relate to me yeah we're only four years apart so it's not as oh that's yeah that's close in age yeah that's not yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's really cool though so there's no explanation for how the beats got knocked over that you could think of I I don't see how that could have happened because it was like a flat surface. I know that it wasn't like the bead box was like close to the front of the dresser. I, Mm -hmm. I just don't, I had no way of explaining it. And if that was the only thing I've ever experienced there, then like maybe that could have been odd. But I mean, I, that house, you have everything happen. Like there's a lot of auditory but then we would have, we would start having other things happen. Like, and it would just be out of nowhere. It would be abrupt. Like, um, we, we all had, um, doorknobs turning back and forth. Ooh. Yeah. And then that's another good example of me trying to be skeptical in the moment, because I remember trying to get over that fear and like, it was like a violent door doorknob turning where it was like rapid shaking and Mm. you're just sitting there watching it turn back and forth and so in that moment I remember getting up and getting down on the floor and looking underneath the door because for me I'm like maybe it's one of my siblings right yeah trying to scare me Mm -hmm. but what makes that experience a hundred times scarier is when you don't see under anyone underneath the door on the other side and then you're still seeing the doorknob turning back and forth. So yeah, we've had, yeah, a lot of that. <laughs> That's so intense. What do yeah. you do at that point? Do you just like try to go to sleep, say a prayer or something? Yes. 
So I would, I think I had like a freeze response a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. once my siblings all moved out, I was around 12 when they were all gone. My um, two siblings closest in age to me both went to college. And then like my oldest brother had already moved out. So around the time I was 12, the activity really like amped up. And then there were less people in the house to blame on certain things. So like my parents started going to bed earlier and then it would just be me awake in the house. And I had a total freeze response. So if I was in bed, I remember I could hear everything in the house and it would start out. I would hear footsteps coming up the basement stairs and then I could hear the basement door open and shut. And then it would be quiet for a second. And I just remember laying so still and like feeling so hot, but like, like cold at the same time. I don't know. Like I just felt so frozen in place. And then I would hear footsteps going up the second floor and then footsteps coming through the hallway and just listening and just feeling so paralyzed by like whatever activity was going on. I didn't think I could ever say, Hey, stop it. Or right. acknowledge it. I just felt like I had to wait until it was over. So like I would hear the footsteps going to the the bed, the bathroom, the medicine cabinet would open and shut. It just felt like they were rummaging through our stuff. I don't know if it was like a childhood spirit that was just like being loud and noisy and wanting attention, but like mm. the faucets would turn on and off. You would hear water running, and then you know, as, as quickly as it started, it would stop too. And then it would just be nothing. Ooh. And as someone that also grew up in a haunted house, it's weird how you can just tell like when the energy is gone, like even cause I, my house is so old. Like they're, they're like, I can tell when the creeks are different. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When I say that, like sometimes my old house will creak, but then other times I'm like, no, that's, that's something else for sure. Okay. So yes. And you, when you become so familiar with that feeling, you know, it, it is such, Mm -hmm. um, a knowable feeling. I, I, and I didn't know that until I went to an, another haunted place until in my twenties where I just felt that there was someone else in the room and I hadn't experienced that since my childhood home. And it is the most, recognizable feeling like mm-hmm. that I I don't know there's nothing else like it um, you can sense yeah, it. yeah it's like you you feel this this I don't know if it's like electrified air it feels different and then mm-hmm. when it's gone it feels like it's easier to breathe it feels less crowded it feels less dense kind of like a weighted blanket was taking off taken off of you like you feel like lighter yeah easier to breathe yeah 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 <laughs> That's so intense. So do you know the history of your house? Is it like an older house or is so it I, new? Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a house right outside of Philadelphia that was built in the 1920s. I think my parents were the third or fourth owners. I, okay. I, don't, I don't know if anything super serious happened. I know that the previous owner might have been in the hospice like in like had I know that there was a hospice bed in our living room for a period of time creepy yeah (laughs) so before I knew any of that I started having dreams of this one woman oh wow and when I was young I didn't know the difference between a visitation dream and a regular dream and Mm -hmm. now that I'm 30 I've had a lot of visitation dreams. I've had a lot of wacky regular dreams and I've just kind of sorted through and have learned to tell the difference of when this is a spirit versus just like a wacky dream that I don't have to pay any attention to. But when I was a kid, I had a dream that there was a woman with brown hair and brown eyes. And she told me that there are other spirits in the house that they might cause harm, but she watches over me in my sleep to make sure that nothing bad happens. And she said that she sits in my rocking chair and just watches over me. 
And I didn't think much of that. And I never told anybody about it. Like I might've been eight or nine when I had that dream. So I was very young. And, and, um, a couple years later, one night I had gone out and, um, stayed at a friend's house. My brother had visited for the weekend and he stayed in my bedroom and in my bed. And he woke up and saw a girl in my rocking chair. And he actually got up from bed and stopped the chair from rocking. And he said the moment that he touched the rocking chair, she disappeared. But he freaked out because he thought that she looked like my older sister. Because my sister kind of looks like her. She has brown hair and brown eyes. And my sister said he called her and she was at a college party. And he just... He asked if she was okay. And she said, yeah, I'm at a party. Are you okay? And he said, yeah, it's fine. And that just kind of corroborated my story because I hadn't told him and I have had dreams of her since. Like anytime I would have dreams where I was anywhere in the house that wasn't my bedroom, she would walk me back to my bedroom and like put me in my bed. And I've woken up to those dreams and have ha- I've seen like black shadow figures in my bedroom after that. And so I, yeah, so I think, I don't know if that was the previous owner of the house. I have very little information of what actually happened in this house before my parents bought it in the eighties, but I just like have opinions of what I think happened based on my own experiences. Right. So I, I definitely think there's a woman there and I, I'm assuming that she's the person who I've heard pacing around our bed. She's checking on you. That's actually so nice. Like, I feel like that's such a relief. Did that give you relief to have her say that to you? Um, I maybe in some ways, but I was like, to this day, if I hear footsteps while I'm trying to fall asleep, I will have a panic attack. So it's not a comp, like, I think I just didn't have any direction with the spirit world when I was younger. And I was just so receptive to experiencing these things. And I was Mm -hmm. just so scared of it. So I just tried to block it out as much as possible. Mm. And I think that's why I like, I tend to have more dreams now where I like connect with spirits, but I have less experiences in real, in the real world as an adult. I think I kind of blocked it out as I got older because I was just always scared. Right. I feel like I ask this of every guest, but I don't care. Um, do you think <laughs> you and your family might have like a closer connection to the spiritual world and like with, due to like your dreams and, and seeing things in the house? I, I think we're all a little different. So mm-hmm. I, I think I have, I don't know. I wish that I didn't shut out so much of it because if I, if like, if my parents hadn't taught me to like, to just keep everything inside with these experiences, if I had somebody to make me feel like it wasn't something to be afraid of, maybe I would be more of a medium to this day. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can still sniff out a ghost if I go somewhere like that's so funny yeah you can like sense it yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. but I I don't think I'm as knowledgeable as other mediums where they maybe it's a a matter of practice but I can't I can't just like pick up on all the details of of the energy around me but I can pick up things here and there but I feel like they choose me what like what information I get I don't feel like I have any control over it, but yeah. So I don't know. I wish I understood it more and I just don't have any direction to, (laughs) but my sister has a different kind of inclination where she has dreams that can, that end up happening. And I've never had that happen. I think that's pretty terrifying. It's never that's been scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's never been anything serious. Like I I I think it's like she's had dreams where she hasn't seen somebody in years 
And then in her dream, she'll see them. And then the next day she'll leave her house and she'll see them. And she like, she has no reason to think of this person. So it's like little things like that. Yeah. And I think my oldest brother, the one who stayed in my bedroom and saw the girl in my rocking chair, I think he is more like me where if he goes to a place, he can pick up on it and, and see spirits if, you know, if there's something to be seen there. That's so cool. I, um, I do think it's interesting, like a big difference for us is like my parents. So my mom would always say that they're not real, but then she would try to appease them, which is like, we'd go visit like the person who built its tombstone and we, she kept the house very traditional. So she's like, they're not real, but just in case I'm going to do. So like, it was a very weird of, we all just kind of accepted it, but we weren't, we were never like, it wasn't something to be afraid. Cause I think the validation probably helps like be like, Oh, okay. I know that this is like, it's not me making this up. Like, and my dad was all in. He was like, yeah, you're seeing ghosts. They're real. They're everywhere. <laughs> He's a crazy <laughs> person. But, but um, I do wonder now, because I like what I'm hearing is there's still some fear for you. Like, it sounds like you've grown a lot from it. And maybe you're less afraid of, of those things than you were as a child. But I'm still hearing like, I feel like there's something, I think like if you do have a block, it's probably that fear still deep down inside. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I know. I think, I think it's just scared. I think what I'm scared of is negative activity and just not Mm -hmm. knowing what the intention is. Um, so that for me, like, I just, I can't always tell because when I was young, it just, it all felt negative and maybe Mm -hmm. it wasn't. So I have, here's, here's another kind of weird experience. So I was, I was very close with my grandfather growing up. And when he was getting older, I knew that at some point he was going to pass away. But Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in my third grade English class and just feeling like I had lost somebody. And I just, I just felt grief. I didn't know who it was for, but I just felt this overpowering sense of grief. And I had gone home from school that day and my parents pulled me aside and said, you know, your, your grandpa died. Mm -hmm. And it just, it made so much sense that like, I felt this loss. I was very close with him. You knew. Yeah. So throughout the years, I would have these dreams where he would reach out to me. Um, If I was going through something, I would have a dream where it felt so real. And like, he was standing right there and he would kind of like hold my hand and just say, Hey, like, I just, I just wanted to check on you and, and let you know that I'm here. And, um, I've had that happen probably three or four times since he passed away. And um, it, yes. And that is one thing where I absolutely believe that that was him. The last time I had this weird dream. So I guess in going into the story, I should say that I have been very careful to try and not move into a haunted apartment since then. So I, okay. So I had lived in this place for three years and I hadn't experienced anything. And when I was looking at that apartment, I, it was a great deal. It had a huge yard for my dogs and oh. I, I had talked to my landlord and I said, I know this is such a crazy thing to ask. I just want to know, like, this is in my budget, but is it haunted? Has anyone claimed it to be haunted? Before I sign this lease, let me know. And she said, no. In fact, the owner um, is still alive to this day. So Good. like the previous Good. owner Good. is still alive. Nobody's died in this building. She said that to me. Nobody died in this building. I said, great, good to hear. So I signed Mm -hmm. the lease, moved in. And for almost three years, I never experienced anything. One night I had a dream that I walked into my basement and that basement always had kind of a heavy feel to it. I never liked Mm -hmm. going down there, but I never had anything happen either. And Mm -hmm. so in this dream, I was in my basement 
And I was talking to this man. I saw this man standing in the back of the basement and he had kind of like a, like an older army outfit on and longer hair and uh, like that went almost to his shoulders. And I asked him what he was doing there. And he told me, I don't want to bother anybody, but um, I stay down here and I say, like, I'm not trying to scare anybody no. here. No, <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> okay. And, and I was like, oh my God, I had no idea that there was any, there were any ghosts in this house. And so I started talking to him and I said, like, do you need help crossing over? And I don't know why I really said that because it's not like I have experience in helping crossing right. any spirits, <laughs> but like, I... I just wanted to know, like, did he want my help if, if he was really need help? Me? Yeah. And mm-hmm. he said, no, I know how to cross over. I don't want to. I just, I, I'm not bothering anybody by being down here. I just kind of want to be here. And I, and I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not pressuring you. I just wanted to ask. Just checking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I said, do, do you know how to connect with anyone who has crossed over? And just thinking of my grandfather, I was going through a tough time then. So I asked him, can, can you, like, if I give you my grandfather's name, can you bring him here? And he said, yeah, well, what's your grandfather's name? And I said, Paul Rao. And then my grandfather was standing right there. And it was like the realest thing that I've ever, like, I could see the stubble on his face. Oh my gosh. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> he hugged me and I could just feel it. Like I woke up crying. Like I felt like I had like suffered this loss all over again. And I mean, it, it was the most real thing that I've ever felt. <laughs> and, um, so it was just so special. And the funny thing about that, that spirit is I had gone into this apartment thinking that nobody had ever died there. And mm-hmm then almost three years of living there, had this dream. Then I moved about a month after that. And my old neighbor, I ran into her and she said, your old landlord posted this video. It's a tour of your old apartment. It's really weird, but maybe you should watch it. And in the, in in the, um, in the video, she is doing a, a tour and she's in the kitchen and she said this used to be the bedroom but the previous owner died there so we turned it we renovated yeah so she lied to you fully yeah yeah what yeah that is so messed up yeah that makes me mad i'm sorry i'm really (laughs) shocked the ghost story gave me chills it was very shocking but also what the heck that's so messed up yeah She's a kooky lady, so I'm not surprised that oh, she man. lied just to get me to sign the lease. It just, it made me feel like, you know, this wasn't just a weird dream that like maybe this yeah. was real. And I mean, I had no way of knowing otherwise. She told me that nobody died in the house. So, right. yeah. Yeah, because before that, I was just thinking Philadelphia in general is a very you know, historic and spooky city. So I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody just, sh- especially cause like you said, 1920, the 1918 had that, like that pandemic that happened here. And so many people, like a third of the city or something died. So I was like, maybe somebody, you know, was connected to, I don't know. I was like yeah. making all these leaps and it's like, nope, turns out the guy before you died and she just didn't tell you. Oh man. I know. I been... Philly, yeah. Philly is so historical and has so much history. Um, yeah. I'm surprised I have not had more experiences in the apartments that I've lived in. The place I currently mm-hmm. live in was built in 1905. And so wow. far it's been great. It's quiet. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. yeah. So far. I mean, yes. <laughs> it, I love this army. I kind of wish you could have stayed longer. Not, I mean, I don't want you to be haunted or scared, but I think it's so, I've never heard before that ghosts can bring forth other ghosts. Like, I'm not, this isn't me challenging you, by the way. Like, I'm not like, um, I'm not saying like, so I don't believe you because I fully believe you. I've just never heard it before. So it's so exciting to me. Like, cause you know, you do this podcast for so long, you 
you hear a lot of things, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, wow. Have you ever felt emotions? Then do we have the podcast for you. Feel Feelings is a weekly podcast where comedians Danny Getz and George Bruderman sit down with some of the funniest, emotionally distraught people, i.e. comedians, they know, and talk feelings. Every Friday, hear very funny people reminisce on Ren and Stimpy, worry about the Wizard of Oz, and emote over their emo phase. Check out Feel Feelings with Danny and George, a show about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Just the rules, the rules of being a ghost are so like out there, you know? I, I don't understand it either. Like, and so, I mean, growing up, I was kind of atheist and then slowly throughout the years, just trying to make sense of this activity. And I've become so much more spiritual, but I'm still trying right. to make sense of what's out there. Like, why do some people pass and go to the afterlife? And like, you know, I, I, I question if my grandfather is like a, a guardian of mine now. Oh, um, yeah. Or, um, like why, why does he pass on to the afterlife? And like this guy knows that this is out there for him and an option, but chooses not to. Mm. So I, I, I don't know. I find it fascinating, but I don't understand either. I think the human condition, that part makes sense to me, especially with older people. I think for me, I almost think it makes sense that like sometimes people just don't want to move on, even if it is a good thing. Like even if they know it'll complete them in some way, I could see, I could see people staying just because they don't, they don't want something different. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's so creepy. <laughs> and the other thing that's like, intense to me about that is that a lot of the times people don't have control of what they really do or say in their dreams but it sounds like you have these dreams where you're inceptioning a little bit where you're totally what is that called uh I should know what it's called but you're awake in your dreams and you know what's happening around you yes and so the more I've had those dreams I recognize it because it doesn't feel like a dream. I feel like I'm awake in the dream and it feels very real. And when I notice that I, I kind of take the moment to be super present. I've had dreams of people like other friends that have passed away. I've had dreams that like my maternal grandma, like not the, not my grandfather's spouse, but on my mom's side of the family, she was not a good parent to my, to my mom. And they have, you know, my maternal grandmother was very abusive. And so I didn't have a great relationship with her. And my grandmother passed away when I was 10. And I, for years, never had any kind of dreams with her and didn't, didn't want to have any experiences right. with her. And 2019, I had a dream of her and was so confused because I didn't know why she was reaching out to me. So she also wouldn't speak to me. She was like, I could, it's so weird because I feel like for me, I have to interpret this as a certain, in a certain way. And I can explain why I feel like I had to interpret this. Um, but so in the dream, she was staring at my mom and then looking at me like she wanted me to tell my mom something. Okay. And for me, I thought that my grandmother knew that she had to apologize. <laughs> and, oh, okay. And so I started kind of yelling at her saying, this is on you. You have to do the work. You have to apologize. She's right there. And my grandma looked at me and shook her head like, no, and wouldn't say anything. Now I woke up and then a couple of days later called my mom and she said, I had a dream about my mom. 
And I said, are you kidding me? Oh my God. She was like, yeah. And I, I walked into my kitchen and she was standing there and staring at me. And I said, what do you want, mom? And she wouldn't say anything to me. And, and I said, mom, I think, I think she knows that she did wrong, but I don't know if she knows how to apologize. And I told her in, in this, in my dream, I told my grandmother, you have to apologize. And, Mm -hmm. and she shook her head. No. And I said, in that case, don't come back to me because unless you're willing to, to apologize and acknowledge that you were horrible to my mom, then I don't want you coming back. Right. And I told my mom that, and she said that woman would never apologize for anything in her life. And so it makes sense. And to like further corroborate this weird like dream sequence, my mom has a sister and she went to see a psychic a couple years ago. And so my aunt had a couple partners who have passed away and she could connect with them. They all had messages. And the psychic said, you know, I have a mother figure that's here with you. But she refuses to say a word, but she's here. She's standing here, but she won't talk. And so it's, you know, I, I think with all these dreams, I, I, I would like to think that they have weight and, and ca- carry some kind of Absolutely. Meaning. But yeah, so it's just such a strange coincidence for all three of us to have had this experience where she's, she's not talking but it seems like she wants to communicate something. But so, I mean, maybe she hasn't crossed over. Maybe she's still working on whatever, whatever so she interesting. needs to work through. It feels like she's stuck here, but doesn't want to do the work to, get to move on. Do you know what I mean? Like she knows she has to say, sorry, she's hanging around your mom and, her sister but at the same time maybe she's she is still stubborn and isn't doing the work and this is she can't talk I don't know I think that's that's intense yeah yeah (laughs) because she's making herself known yeah and it makes me angry because my mom deserves an apology yeah I think you know if you grow up with um with a with a parent that doesn't make you feel loved. I think that's a horrible thing. And I think more than anything, my mom deserves an apology and to say, you didn't deserve the way that you were treated as a kid. And I would like, I wish I could have that for her so badly. And to see my grandmother come to me in my dream and not do that. I, it makes me just so angry. That's why it's I, the worst. <laughs> where I was like, where I said, you can't come back here unless you're trying to apologize and make amends. I, I don't want you here. So. And she hasn't been back since Mm-mm, for you? No. Or, and not for your mom either? Yeah. I, I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that one definitely, I mean, these all sound really reliable. You all have, you know, multiple accounts of the same thing, which is really fascinating. I did want to get back to, I meant to ask you, do you, do you sleepwalk? Cause you said that the brown haired girl would take you back to your room. Is that just in your dream or would you wake up physically? Oh, I've not, to my knowledge, I've never sleptwalked. Okay. So yeah, okay. I think, I, I don't know if it was like, just like in my dream, she didn't want me walking anywhere else. I don't know. I, no one's ever caught me sleepwalking. So I don't think that was it. I have one that I have one story that I've never told ever. So whatever, because I don't know if it was a sleep. This could very well be me sleepwalking, but it was one night and I've never done it again. I'd never done it before, but I remember I was probably like seven or eight and I fell asleep in my bed and I felt like I was being carried downstairs to the living room couch. And I woke up on the couch and I 
told my dad, I was like, dad, why did you take me downstairs? And he's like, I didn't, you're being weird. You probably slept walk. And then we didn't talk about it ever again, <laughs> but I could have, I never brought this up on the podcast and I don't tell people because I, I do feel like, cause I have, I'm an anxious person. So maybe I did sleepwalk. Maybe I had a weird dream or something, but I distinctly remember waking up in the middle of the night in the dark on the couch being like, why am I here? Why did like, he do that. And then my dad being like, I didn't carry you. I don't know how you got down there. So <laughs> that is so terrifying, <laughs> but it only happened once. So I don't know. I don't know why that stuff, it didn't phase me the same way. I, I just, I've never felt even, even that it didn't feel dangerous or I never felt like whatever the, the negative, even the noises or seeing stuff. It always had like a, I'm happy you see me energy to it. Like where it's like love. It just felt like love. So yeah, I guess that's the lucky part of it. (laughs) I think that's great that you were able to, to see that it's not a negative spirit. And while it might be scary, it doesn't mean that it's bad. I I was, yeah, I don't know. I was never, I, I always wanted to make sense of it, but I never could. I feel like that was very much the same for my house where they, there, I think there were multiple spirits and, you know, different parts of the house had different vibes to it. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like in my bedroom, there was just somebody standing in there all the time. But, um, in the basement, it was so much heavier And that we had different things happen, the different activity that came from the basement. We just, I don't know. I, I get, I don't know if there was a negative spirit in there. We had some weird things and I don't know what kind of spirit has these, like brings this type of activity. But so we had someone that would mimic our family's voices. No, that gave me like chill again that is the scariest that's terrible yes it's so I mean at first we didn't have that (laughs) sense of security right because if you hear your mom calling your your name it's it's something that happens every single day you hear your mom call your name and you think what what do you want like so that happened to both me and my sister and that's something that I didn't know until we were both much older and started sharing stories. But like, for me, I had that happen where I was around 11, like right around the time where like, you're old enough to be left alone in your house. Mm-hmm. And my parents had uh, taken my oldest brother back to his apartment in West Philly. So the drive there is about 40 minutes there. And then like another 40 minutes back. I was in the upstairs bedroom, uh, what had become our like computer room. My parents had left and about a half hour in, I heard my, like our front door open and shut. And I heard just what sounded so familiar. My mom saying, Jess, we're home in the way that she always did. But what was confusing to me was I knew that they were home early. I thought something was wrong. Right. So I was listening for her and yeah, heard just what sounded like them, like, you know, putting down their things, like my mom putting down her purse and her keys. And while I was still sitting in the same room upstairs, I heard them walk up the stairs and go into their bedroom, which was right next to the room that I was in. And what sounded like furniture moving around which only added to my confusion. And I hadn't yet gotten up, but I was listening. So once I started hearing the furniture in their bedroom move around, that's when I got up and I was like, what is going on? And I opened their bedroom door and all the furniture was in place and nobody was there. This was before cell phones. So it's not like I could call my mom and say, where are you? And I was also a kid. And so I called one of my friend's house phones and like had to stay on the phone with her. I was like, I was scared. I knew for a fact that I heard her voice, but nobody was home. My parents didn't come home for another hour. And then once I came home, I was like, did you guys come home for a period for like a minute and then leave again? And they said, no. 
And so I knew it had the ability to mimic my mom's voice, say my name. And my sister has a very similar story where like she was sitting in the basement and she heard my brother call her name. And so she went upstairs to see what my brother wanted. He wasn't on the second floor. So I'm sorry, he wasn't on the first floor when she walked up from the basement. So then she walked up to the second floor and found him like doing his homework or something. And he looked up and said, what? And Lindsay said, what do you mean? What, what? And he said, I don't understand. (laughs) And she said, you just yelled my name. You just yelled Lindsay. What do you want? And he said, I did not call your name. Oh, wow. But she, I mean, it was like a loud thing, like yell, like his voice yelling, Lindsay. So enough for her to jump up and, and do something and respond. Right. So yeah, I, I don't, and I just don't know why. Like, that's why I think maybe there was like a playful spirit. I don't know. I don't know why there's a, why, the, where mimicking comes from. I was going to say, I don't want to make, <laughs> this is another thing I always do. I'm like, I don't know if ghosts do that. Again, I don't know all the ghost rules. Yeah. But there's other things that could, I mean, obviously, I don't know. Cause you mentioned you see shadow people too. Yeah. I think there <sighs> was a negative spirit in the house. That's like, what it sounds. It sounds like there's both. It sounds like there's like a protective spirit that actually probably protected you all a little bit more does do your parents still live in the house before I- they do yes no okay yeah. well at least there is a protective but there it does sound like there's something and maybe like what you're saying it might not be like like it wants to hurt physically hurt you but it definitely enjoys the confusion or the chaos that it's creating in your household that's what I think they really drew from making people scared and I I'm just a constant, I'm a scared person. Oh, (laughs) you're like a full buffet for them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know. And I think that was like a basement spirit that would do that because it's, you can feel it when you go down. We, at one point we added an elliptical to the basement, but slowly all of us stopped using it because it just <laughs> felt like it felt like someone was standing right in front of your face and staring at you. Like it just Jeez. felt so uncomfortable down there. And so it was just not, I don't, it wasn't, it wasn't enjoyable. Nobody liked working out down there. And like, for me, it just felt like you shouldn't be down there. And throughout the years, it's just, you just avoid certain rooms. If it doesn't feel comfortable, you just try not to go down there as much as possible. Oh, for sure. So I don't know. Do you think of your siblings, you're the one that's had the most experiences in the house? Maybe, but I think that's also because I was alone. My one brother, I have two brothers and a sister. My one brother has had a lot of really crazy experiences. And he is he thinks, more open? I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut oh, you off. Oh, no, 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 you're fine. Um, I, I think we're all sensitive. Like, right. okay. I think, and I think we get that from my mom. My mom is very intuitive. That's she, so cool. Yeah, so I think, I think we all have certain inclinations, but it's all mm-hmm. a little bit different. I, I think... I think out of anyone, I've seen more ghosts in this, in this house. Like I've, I've seen that woman in my dreams, but I've seen ghosts in person too. Right. I, I started seeing ghosts when I was like, probably around eight years old. Like full body ghosts? Yeah. Yeah. So the first time I ever saw a ghost in my house, I was around eight years old and it was broad daylight. People think that you can't have, that you can't get haunted on in the daylight, but often that was the case for our house too. Like it, it didn't have to just be at night. So for me, when I was eight years old, it was in the summer. I remember I had just gotten a phone call to go to the pool with a friend. So I was going upstairs to get my bathing suit and I went into my bedroom and I saw an old man standing in front of my dresser. And he, like, I could see his whole body, but it still looked like 
it was like white and kind of see-through but like I could see him right and it wasn't like he was staring at me either so maybe this like he had a residual energy about him I don't know because I don't think he really noticed me but I wasn't hanging out there either when that happened I was eight years old. I was a kid. I saw a ghost and I ran out of that room. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. What was he wearing? Did you, did you mention like what, like, so could you tell? It wasn't anything. It wasn't like any period clothing or anything. Okay. Like that. That's specifically like, what I was asking. Yeah. Like if yeah. he looks. I I'm thinking he might've been the previous owner. I don't know what he looks like, Right. but he, yeah, I think he was just wearing like pants and like a long sleeve shirt but it wasn't like there was any color to it right so but yeah it wasn't like he was wearing a suit and a top hat or anything like that like nothing from the <laughs> that would have been awesome did he look yeah. misty like would you describe kind it kind of that- yeah like I yeah not inc- not super misty but like sort of see-through right yeah but and he didn't a- see you at all no, it just seemed like he was just looking out over the bedroom. Yeah, that was most mostly of what I've seen is just the dark shadow figures. Like, and that feels different. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen. And so I mentioned to you the one time where I had a dream about the woman and she brought me back to bed. And then when I woke up, I saw a dark shadow figure in my bed. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, at the end of my bed. I, I went through a couple years where that's the only kind of spirit I would see in my house. Like I would wake up. That would change things for me (laughs) (laughs) because they're terrible. Yeah. The black shadow figures, I, I would love to hear more about how other people feel about it. I didn't get a warm, fuzzy feeling from that. Like I, what? Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm so sorry. I keep cutting you off. Um, (laughs) But I just, we had someone on who had a a shadow figure experience and I I don't want to put this on you at all. This is their personal experience. They felt that for them, it was kind of like a manifestation of their family trauma. They had a lot of like abuse and death and just a lot of negative trauma. And the more that they personally in their personal life worked through it, they ended up being visited by like the most regal, whatever thing that had like the same like hat and whatever that they saw before. And they realized like, it was some sort of family thing, like connected. It was very crazy. Like it's a very cool interpretation, but mostly people think shadow figures are scary, unknown, unexplained. You know what I mean? Like that was one story that I heard where I was like, that's an interesting take of like, of a way that that can manifest, but it also could just be something connected to the house, something connected to the land. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that, you know? I I love that theory. Um, yeah. I think whether it's, you know, a manifestation of your trauma or stress or whatever that is, or if it's just connected to it, where like the more you're going through your own dark challenges, right. the, the more like likely you're going to see dark spirits, mm-hmm. whether they like manifest and ener- they manifest their own energy from yours I don't know how that works, but Mm -hmm. I do know that whenever I saw dark dark shadow figures, there was a lot of negativity in the house. That makes sense. I mean, I went through a lot of my own dark period, like growing up, I think I was bullied a lot. Um, And like, I think I started seeing the dark shadow figures, you know, after my maternal grandmother died. And I know Mm. like that was hard on my mom. I think, especially when you have like a dysfunctional family member pass away, you don't just grieve the loss of your family member. You also grieve what you didn't have from that relationship. If it's a mother, I think you grieve that. And I think that was especially hard for her. And she had to like work through a lot of anger. So there was a couple, there were a couple of years that it just felt like the house was just very like, 
dark and negative. And, you know, I would just, I remember I would wake up and get started and go to high school and I would open my bedroom door and like get ready to take a shower. And I would see a dark shadow figure at the end of my hallway, just standing there. And I mean, I'm already awake and moving around at that point. It's not like I'm half asleep and staring at something. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that could be, my brother had a, a theory that there was a portal in this house. So. I was going to say that, that you're on some sort of thin space, some sort of, because there's so much activity. Yeah. Yeah. He, That's a good theory. <laughs> yeah. We had, I don't know, there was like a footstep that we've all felt on our second floor. There was like a step that just felt so dark and evil. I don't know how to explain it but I've stepped on this step before and felt like a cold breeze when all wow. there's no windows open and there's no way to explain it. And my brother just said, I've heard what sounds like something escaping to hell. And so my brother has had Ooh. other experiences in the house I don't, I, I don't know. I think he thought that there was like a demonic figure in the house, but I think if there was, if there were like a demonic person, a uh, figure, spirit, whatever in the house, some of us would have been hurt at one point or another. Nobody was actually hurt. Like I've never I think it depends because like the protection, you know, like the protection that that one spirit was giving. And also I, I say this a lot too, like if your family has always had this sometimes like like family members in the past can also put protection spells on their lineage so you might have some like unknown which also can make you less afraid like it sounds like you have a lot more control than than even you realize because you are in such a scary house and you haven't had anything I mean terrible stuff is <laughs> that yeah, sounds really scary seeing it but you've never been physically hurt yes um which is good yeah like that would be I mean that would be moving out of the house territory I think <laughs> at that point yeah I I I feel my worst fear I've I've been scared to even say what it is because I didn't ever want the spirits in my house saying oh that's a good one let me do this to her oh, I was scared of having my bed sheets slowly pulled down off of me in bed. And I'm just, yeah. I feel like I've had everything else happen to me, but I've seen that in movies and I've just thought, thank God I would, I used to wrap myself up. Maybe that's Tight. why <laughs> yeah. I would wrap myself up in blankets and it, I would be sweating, but I just felt so protected having those blankets around me. And I think to this day, that's why I carry so much tension and stress in my body. I wake up sore. And I think that's something I still do that where I like have the blankets around Try to me. hold it tight. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. I, don't know. I mean, that would be awful. That would be really <laughs> scary. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I do think, um, you're stronger than, than you give yourself credit for. So don't let them boss you around. I mean, I say that because I come from a house where I, they, they were nothing but nice to me. So I, <laughs> I have nothing to be afraid of. Like they never, and I do think like something you mentioned, a lot of my experiences are either nighttime or I'm not fully awake. So like the fear energy isn't even a thing yet. Like I don't have like, I think if I was wide awake and I saw something, I would definitely be really scared. But a lot of it is in the middle of the night, I saw something or I don't know, as a baby, I saw something. So it's different. It's so much easier to kind of discount it when it's in the middle of the night. You can say, oh, I was really tired. But then once mm -hmm. you start having it happen in the middle of the day or when you're just wide awake, it's so different. And that's like when I yeah. started when things actually moved, we had that happen where I was like, okay, I didn't imagine that. Like I couldn't imagine something right. like we had our, like sometimes I had a lot of posters on my walls. Sometimes when I would hear the footsteps going around my bed, I would hear like the poster falling, like, like 
flying across the room to the other, like in front of my bed. Not like it Jeez. just fell down. It would fall like right next to where it was, but it would be several, several feet away. And, um, and that at least helped me acknowledge that I'm not crazy. Like that's a physical yeah. piece of evidence there. That's real. Yeah. Something yeah. did this like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's so, these stories were, are so awesome. Uh, we are almost at the hour mark. So I wanted to ask, are there any stories that you didn't tell that like we have to hear on the show that are like super spooky? Okay, you already a really quick story that I can tell you. You don't have to rush at all. I don't have okay. anywhere to be, but I do like to try to keep it <laughs> around an hour. So okay. no rush. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I do have one more. So I, this, this is a nighttime story. Um, I was dead asleep and I woke up just with like a sudden feeling of adrenaline. And I had this voice enter my head that said, it's going to crash. And as quick as I could think what's going to crash, all the bookshelves off of one of my shelves fell to the ground. And they were like thick, heavy books that just flew to the ground. And so it was almost like an immediate thing of waking up, thinking it's going to crash, wondering what is going to crash, and then hearing my books fall to the ground. Like I had no way of understanding why I woke up, knowing right. something was going to fall like and then I had so many questions like, yeah why did like was that a ghost that woke me up why did it want to get my like did it want to get my attention to let me know that it can like did a ghost give Move me that stuff. thought or right. did I did I just anticipate it wow um like, did the ghost who, like, tended over me, who watched over to me, watch over me? Try to warn you. Wake me up and warn me? Was there another spirit that was, like, in the, in the room trying to get attention, and then she woke me up? I, I don't know. Because, like, I'm not somebody who, like, has psychic things happen. I don't mm -hmm. usually, I've never had that happen otherwise. And there's no reason for the books, obviously, to be moving, right? Like, no, they were like thick. nothing. I'll, I'll tell you what books were on the shelf. There was, there were those thick Twilight books. <laughs> That's so like, funny. Those are heavy like, no. books. They are. They're they're pretty dense for sure. Yeah. That's maybe this. Maybe someone. Maybe like it thought they were gonna hurt you. Like, were the books near you? They were, I mean, they were in my bedroom. They weren't right next to me. Not like the bead box when I was a kid. Like that right. was right next to my head. But um, the books were in the corner of my bedroom, like on a bookshelf. It's not like the bookshelf fell or anything. Like the shelf was totally in place. Just all the books on that shelf fell off. Every single one of them all flew off. Jeez. Did it sound like your voice? Like when they said it's going to crash? Yeah. But it sounded like my voice talking to me. Whoa. I think maybe you had intuition about it. Maybe like. Maybe. And you've never had that again where you've like thought of something before? No. Jeez. It's only in that house. But your I mean, sister does. Yeah. <laughs> my sister does. She, she's the one who has dreams. I mean, I don't even remember all the things that have happened to her where she's like anticipated things from her dreams. That's, I don't know. That's, that's her stuff, but right. yeah, I'm not, I'm not a psychic person. <laughs> I mean, I, I think you kind of are yeah, <laughs> like 25% <well. laughs> psychic. You can at least claim that much. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do wonder if you really leaned into it. I, it's the other thing too of like it sounds like and I'm kind of the same way with my house where like after the fact it's very interesting and fascinating and fun to think about but during it you're not positive you want it. like even again with mine being nice when things happen sometimes I'm like no thanks don't do it it's okay <laughs> you know so I do wonder what it would be like if you really pursued opening yourself up but then you have to find a way to make sure to 
you're able to close yourself off when you want to. Exactly. I, I have a friend who's, she's, she's a witch. And so I've actually been very interested in learning from her and learning like just how to control the energy, I guess. I, I'm just in a point where I'm learning and Mm. trying to understand more, but there's just so much. I just don't understand. And I would, I would love to. So that's awesome. I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this was great. Thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I, I, I had so much. Oh, sorry. Oh, I just, it means a lot to me that, that someone yeah. is willing to hear my stories and believes oh me. Like I would have never thought anyone would have wanted to hear all my stories. So like, it's very like healing to talk about, I think. I'm so happy you feel, I'm sorry I cut you off a million times. Hopefully Dan can edit it so it doesn't seem like, but I loved your stories. And if you ever want to come back on the show, you're more than welcome. And if you want to come back on with your siblings, I would be happy to do that too. But they sound a little bit less into it. (laughs) So, and again, two boys, two girls in my family, and it's the same vibe. My sister will never be on this podcast, no matter how hard I try. So yeah, I think my (laughs) one sister probably would be in, she might, I don't know. I can't speak for her. Oh, no pressure at all. But if you yourself have other experiences and wanted to come back or anything, you're always welcome. Cause this was even just one of the stories you told today, like were mind blowing. Like every single one, I was like, that is terrifying (laughs) and I'm sorry you had to go through that but it's I know I think about that and uh, how I went through that as like no wonder why I have anxiety about footsteps like right I can't I am so shocked when I think about it I was like you know preparing to talk to you and thinking about and scaring myself thinking about what I experienced as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I just, I had this moment of, wow, I built up so much resilience because I experienced that alone and I'm okay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you did it. And you're, you are strong. And I do think that I understand the fear a hundred, 110%, but I think you also need to give yourself more credit because you're experiencing a lot crazier things than I think the average person. So yeah, definitely not you're, the normal childhood. <laughs> no, you're you're probably a lot braver than you. Even just the way you you handle your dreams and the fact that you can just have a, a rational conversation with a dead person and not panic is pretty impressive. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That's Absolutely. very kind. <laughs> so the last thing we always do is is I I'm I know you're not a comic, but is there anything you'd like to plug if you have like a business or even just a favorite place in Philly? Just anything. Oh, no, I I don't have anything to plug. But yeah, I do love comedy. Like I I love going to to stand up shows. And um, so, yeah, I mean, Punchline is like one of my favorite comedy clubs. Oh, I love Punchline. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Check out Punchline. It's in near Fishtown or in Fishtown. Yeah, it's in Fishtown. In the show. Yeah. yeah. Always fun. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Real Chills is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Chaskowski. The show is edited by Dan Getz, theme music by Sam Williamson, and artwork by Buffy the Design Slayer. Subscribe where you get podcasts and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Chills Podcast. Slide into those DMs with your true scary stories. Real Chills Podcast is a member of the Wasted Robot Network. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com podcasts.